Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Well, uh, again, good morning and welcome to Faith Assembly Church. We're excited here at Faith Assembly Church because we know that God is doing great things and he has so much more in store for us. I don't know about you, but I just sense, as I said in the video when I shared to the women about the Change with the Gather conference and just things that I sense the Lord doing, the horizon is so bright. We just can't even comprehend all that God has in store for us. And today, Pastor Steve asked me to uh, kind of share a little bit on the power of prayer for several reasons. Number one, here at Faith Assembly Church, we know and believe in the power of prayer. Amen? We are a praying church. Number two, just a little plug here, this coming Wednesday night, I believe it is, is our Unite Prayer Service. And I want to encourage you even now and through this message for you to be here on Wednesday night when we have the opportunity to come together as a church body and receive from the Lord through prayer. So I encourage you to be here for that. Again, I'm excited to be a part of a praying church. Are you? I'm not going to preach to a quiet sanctuary this morning. I'm not going to preach to a quiet people. We are excited. We are blessed. We are people of victory, and we are overcomers in the house today. Come on, give God some praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. I want to talk to you today again about, as I said, about the power of prayer. Faith Assembly is a praying church, and I want to remind you today that a praying person is a powerful thing. I'm sure that if we could pass the mic around today in this sanctuary, we would hear testimony after testimony from people who can say, I know that there is power in prayer. Maybe in your life you can think of some people who were praying people that impacted your life. I know that I can. I can think of people in my life who impacted my life for the glory of God through their prayers over me. I know I can speak on prayer today with confidence, not only because I know what God has said in his word about prayer, but also I have seen the power of prayer in my life personally. I was blessed with grandparents that prayed for me openly, and my parents were also people of prayer. I've witnessed, literally witnessed those prayers guide my life through the anointing of God and through the favor of God. And in addition to that, I have seen healing that could come through prayer. Amen, church? Have you witnessed the healing that can come through prayer to God Almighty? I know that many of you can testify to these same things, and if not, I'm here to tell you today that it is available for you today. You can be the starting point today for living out the power of prayer in your life that will not only affect you, but it will affect generations to come. Because prayer is a tool that we have against the enemy. In the Bible, John 16, it says this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. We're going to have trials. We're going to have difficulty. But Jesus said, take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus reminds us that he has overcome the world. Amen. Hallelujah. How? 
How did he overcome the world? How did he overcome our struggles, our hard situations that he knew we would endure? Yes, he came, he died on the cross and he gave his life for us that we could have a victorious life, that we could have an abundant life. And with that came a way that we can go to our Lord in prayer, that we can commune with him, that we can talk with him and we can walk with him. Aren't you thankful for that today, church? I don't know how we would make it through some of the things that come our way if we could not go to our Lord in prayer, if we could not sense that he was near and that he would hold our hand, that he would whisper truth in our ear and that he would draw us in close. It's the only thing that will get you through the trials and tribulations. But that is good to know because you are drawing near to a God who has overcome all things. And you know, the enemy, he roars around and he seeks those that he can devour. And the enemy doesn't want you to realize that your struggle might look like it's in the natural, but actually it's spiritual. The devil knows that if you were to realize that your struggle is not what you see, but you're actually wrestling spiritual attacks, then what would happen is you would begin to fight your battles in the spirit. What would happen is when you realize that you're not fighting things in the natural, you're fighting spiritual battles, then what would happen is you would pick up your spiritual tools. Church, come on. It's time. Let's pick up our spiritual tools like we are instructed to do in the Bible and let's go to war knowing that the battle is already won because God fought the battle and he won the day that he gave his life on Calvary and you have the victory today through Christ Jesus. You see, we wrestle not against the things we see. I'm paraphrasing this from a verse in the Bible and today I wanna remind you that you are not wrestling things that you see but you are wrestling against things from a really, really dark place. You see, it's spiritual. When we deal with our struggles in the physical, we become weary and tired. When we deal with our struggles in the physical, we become frustrated and frazzled, and we begin to be filled up with worry and anxiety. All too often, we battle the fruit of what we see, and we never, ever attack the root of the issue. When we keep choosing over and over to fight in the natural, what God has already said can only be won in the spirit. We overlook the word of the Lord that has been spoken. And I want to draw your attention to that word today, and it's found in Ephesians 6. This is a word for us today, church, and it says, finally... My brethren, finally, church, finally, children of God, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, he says, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, keep on standing. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall 
shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. How do we find strength to do this? We find strength to stand because we have prayed. How can you be sure about your future? You take your unknown future to a known God. You take the things that you're worried about and your anxiety and you put it in the hands of an almighty God, a God who knows all. You see, I know in whom I have believed in and I am persuaded that he is able to keep everything that I commit to him. I'm going to say that again. I know whom I have believed in. Do you know who you're believing in today? church are you persuaded that he's going to keep it and he's going to see you through we know if our God said suit up then it's time to suit up and it's time to fight our battles in the spirit on our knees is where we fight our battles church on our knees is where we fight our battles you see a prayerless person is a weak person but a praying person a praying person can stand up and say, it may look like I'm surrounded, but you're mistaken. I'm not surrounded by the enemy. I'm surrounded by God, Lord of Lord, King of Kings. I'm surrounded by an army of angels and we are hemmed in by the presence of God. When we tap into the powerful gift of prayer, we no longer speak from the physical. We no longer speak from the natural, but we begin to declare and we begin to prophesy in the spirit. We begin to look past ourselves, our capabilities, and we begin to look towards the God of the impossible. Ephesians 6 verse 18, with all prayer and petition, it says pray in the spirit. As we read about the armor of God in Ephesians 6, did we notice that right before verse 18, when Paul says to pray in the spirit, right before that, he tells us to take on the sword of the spirit, and we know the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Take on the word of God. You see, you've got to know to whom you are praying. You've got to know what God said, and then you're ready to pray in the Spirit. Praying according to the Spirit takes us through to our victory. Our God is who you're praying to. Do you know who he is today, church? Our God is the fourth man in the fire. He is the way maker. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. Do you know who he is today, church? He's our peace speaker. He's our healer. He is El Shaddai, God Almighty. He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord. Lord, my miracle. He is Jehovah Jireh. He will be more than enough. Come on, let's give some praise to that God, to our God today. When we pray a spiritual prayer, we pray the will of God. We pray the word of God and we can remind God of what he has said. And when we do that, we invite him to open up the heavens and move in our life. We invite him to open up the heavens and move in our families. We invite him, God, open up your blessing, move in my finances, move in my hard places and my tribulations. 
What is this type of powerful prayer that God is sharing with us? It's a tool that will defeat the enemy every single time. It's not a prayer that we have prayed out of habit. You know, sometimes we go and before our meals, we say the blessing. Sometimes before we lay down at night, we say that scary prayer about when the limb falls out of the tree and the baby and all the things, you know, the Lord, I lay me down to sleep, you know, that one that scares children to death. We say those prayers out of habit. There's nothing wrong with praying before your meal. There's nothing wrong with saying even a rehearsed prayer before you go to bed. But this prayer that I'm talking about today calls down the work of heaven and defeats the enemy in our lives. I'm asking today, do we really believe or are we just quoting things out of habit? Like, are we just going through some motions today, church? This is a type of prayer that I'm talking about today that we see modeled in the Word of God. And I want us to look quickly today at a man in the Bible named Elijah. We read about him in 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'm going to read some highlighted portions from this chapter. For time's sake, you can read the whole chapter in your personal devotion. But follow along with me in 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to start in verse 1. After a long time, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. Go and present yourself to Ahab. I will send the rain. Everybody say, send the rain (laughs) on the surface of the land. So Elijah sent to present himself to Ahab. Skipping down to verse 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near me. So all the people approached him. Then he repaired the Lord's altar that had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel will be your name. And he built an altar with the stones in the name of the Lord. And then he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold about Uh, the many gallons. And next he arranged the wood, cut up the bull and placed it on the wood. He said... Fill four water pots with water and pour it in on the offering to be burned and on the wood. And then he said a second time, and they did it a second time. And then he said a third time, and they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. He even filled the trench with water. At the time for offering the evening sacrifice, the prophet Elijah approached the altar and said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that at your word I have done all these things. Answer me, Lord, answer me so that this people will know that you, the Lord, are God and that you have turned back their hearts. Then the Lord's fire fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell face down and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Let's skip down to verse 42. Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the summit of Carmel. He bent down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And then he said to his servant, go up and look toward the sea. So he went and he looked up and there was nothing. Seven times Elijah said, go back. On the seventh time he reported, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand coming up from the sea. Then Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, get your chariot ready and go down so the rain doesn't stop you. And in a little while... The sky grew dark with clouds and wind, and there was a downpour. I encourage you in your personal time to go and read that whole chapter, but we see from the very beginning of this chapter that Elijah had a word from the Lord. 
Elijah had a word from the Lord. Anybody in the house today get a word from the Lord? Has God promised you anything today? Has God said that he will be your provider, that he will be your keeper and sustainer? Has God said that he will see you through? See, Elijah had a word from the Lord. He was asking for rain, and he knew that the first thing he had to do was repair the altar. Around 2 Kings, verse 1830, we see Elijah repairing the altar. Why? Why was Elijah repairing the altar? Because the Israelites had allowed God's altar to fall in disarray to the point where they had to take it down. Elijah knew that before they could call on God, the altar had to be repaired. Look at your neighbor and say, let's repair the altar. We see Elijah doing this, and as he was repairing the altar, he was doing it with great expectation in his God. Believing that because God had said he would send the rain, that God would send the rain. It was not comfortable for Elijah to repair the altar. You see, to repair the altar, Elijah had to move stones. He had to move some heavy stones. Would you picture that with me today? He had to move some heavy stones. He had to make space for the water to be poured in. But he knew what he had to do to touch the heart of God. Church, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure that many Christians today truly understand the place of the altar in their lives. Certainly there's an altar in the sanctuary and it's a place of surrender. It's a place of sacrifice, but it takes our willingness to approach the altar. It takes our willingness to pick up the heavy places that are uncomfortable for us to move. We have to repair it. We have to pick it up and we have to prepare the way for God to send the rain, the spiritual rain, to send the Holy Spirit that will give you strength to make it through. Are you with me today? I don't know, but perhaps I think today many of us need to start there. We need to start by repairing the altar in our lives and in our hearts. You see, do we pray? Do we pray prayers that echo the will of God? Do we enter into prayer not in ourselves but in the Spirit, knowing that the Spirit sees and knows all things? Oh God, today, do our hearts need to be turned back to you as our source? I think we've run to other people. We've run to friends We've even run to people in authority. We've run to Facebook, and we've run to places where we want to find attention for our needs. Today, church, can we run back to the Spirit of God? Can we run back to the altar today? Can we run back to the one who is the only one who can make a way? A praying person is greater than a deceiving devil. Hallelujah. Prayer does not deceive. It actually positions you for your spiritual eyes to be open. And then God can pour in favor. God can pour in anointing. And God can pour in a blessing that you will not be able to contain. Hallelujah. You see, there's a lot of things, church, that God can do because he is God. But I want to tell you today that God has provided a space 
where we must choose through faithful prayer to invite God through faith to move in our situations. I want you to notice the position that Elijah took in prayer. I read you part of the chapter, 1 Kings chapter 18, but I'm going to focus on verse, 22, verse 42. It says, so Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the summit of Carmel. He bent down on the ground and he put his face between his knees. I want to talk to you for a minute about the position that Elijah took. You see, that position might not stand out to you, but in the days that this took place, that position that Elijah took meant a lot to the people. You see, the position that he took when he got down and he put his head between his knees was the birthing position. You see, in those days when women were getting ready to birth a child, they were getting ready to birth new life, God was getting ready to birth something through them, they didn't have a fancy hospital to go to. There was no beautiful bed. There was no stirrups for them to put their feet in. No, they had to get in the position to give birth to new life. And we see Elijah here in that position and in prayer before God. Why? Because Elijah was entering not into a half-hearted prayer. He was not praying a rehearsed prayer or habitual prayer. No, he was entering into spiritual warfare. And when he did, he got in the position and he stayed there knowing that he had a word from the Lord and that God was going to come through on his word and that God was going to birth something mighty through that prayer. He was positioned for whatever God wanted to birth through that prayer. He was expecting the rain. He was expecting the miracle. He was expecting the healing. He was expecting provision. Anybody in the house today expecting? Are you getting in position? Are you repairing the altar today? After Elijah got up from that position of prayer, he said, come on, come on, let's go look. And he sent his servant, go look. His servant went, there was nothing. The servant came back, he said, I don't see anything. Elijah said, go back. He said, go back, go back, go back seven times. Can I tell you today that just because you don't see it right away doesn't mean there's not a miracle in the making? You go back as many times as you need to knowing that God will not fail you because on the seventh time the report report came from the servant, he said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. God came through. When God gives you a word, you can position yourself and you can stand in who God says he is. Hallelujah. We should be exclaiming victory in this place today, church. Just based on the number of times that the enemy has fired a, dar a dart at you or the enemy has fired his nasty arrow at you and God has come in and stopped it in his track and you don't even know about it. We should be praising God today just based on the number of times that he has kept you and he has saved you and he has let the devil have a blockage. You can't touch the child of God. You can't, you can't touch a prayed up person of God. Our prayers can change an outcome in ways that will only be shown in eternity. God will shield you when you didn't even know it. And our prayers can go places that we cannot go. The book of James says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Other translations say the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The effectual, everybody say fervent. Come on, say it like you mean it. Fervent. Fervent. 
Yeah, that kind of prayer, the word says, availeth much. When you have prayed fervently, you can get up and you can expect that God is going to show up. Do you hear me? When you have prayed fervently, you can get up, you can show up, You can speak with authority to any devil that's trying to come against you and say, oh, you can try as you may. But my God, my God has heard my prayers and he will not fail. Going back to Ephesians 6 verse 13, when we take up the whole armor of God, it says in there that we're going to be able to withstand the evil day. When you read that in Ephesians 6, there's a scripture in there that I read to you that says when you've prayed... And you've prayed according to the will of God, and you've prayed according to the Spirit. It says you're going to be able to stand in the evil day. What is the evil day? The evil day is that day that you feel like you can't take anymore. The evil day is when you feel like you're about to lose your mind. Anybody been there? You look around and you question God where are you, God? The evil day is a day that you assume that your sickness is going to win, but I'm here to tell you, it's not the winner. The evil day is a day that you're under attack, and those days can begin to feel like really long seasons. And it's in those moments that you realize how thankful you are that you have on the armor of God. And the opportunity that you have to cry out to God in fervent prayer. The availability through the work of Jesus on the cross is why we can pray bold, brave, big, specific prayers. You say, Pastor Lisa, what do you mean specific prayers? I'm going to tell you that as you walk through this life, there's nothing like the evil day to make you pray specific prayers. You see, when the diagnosis comes, you're going to be specific. When your family member is running from God, you're going to be specific. When something breaks loose in your life, you're going to cry out to God. We don't have to be people, though, who are consumed with these things. We don't have to be people who are filled with anxiety and fear, depression and defeat. No, we can be people of prayer. People of powerful prayer that know that when we face anything, we can run to Jesus. And it's not a cliche. It's for real. He's as close as the mention of his name. I don't know. Maybe you care today. Maybe you don't. But I believe there's people in this room that need to make an exchange with the Lord today. They need to make some room. They need to repair some altars. And for just a moment here, this might seem different, but we're just going to pause and we're just going to speak the name Jesus. Right now, with your actual voice, I want you to just speak the name Jesus. Let's do that for a minute. I don't know, maybe you need to lift your hand in this place. Maybe you need to bow your head because when you say the name Jesus, things run. When you speak the name Jesus, it can change your whole future. There is power in the name of Jesus, and he's as close as you whispering his name. Jesus.
God wants to use you for, your, for His glory today. God wants to use your story. He wants to use everything you walk through for His glory. God has made plans for you that were ordained for you before you were even born. These plans, ha- these plans have your name on them. And you are here with a purpose. You are here with an assignment. It is not the will of God for you to spend your life fighting battles that God has already won. Can I say that again? It is not the plan of God for your life for you to continue fighting battles that God has already won. Battles that He has told you that He will fight for you. And you can find peace in that today. You can find peace. Do you hear that word? Peace. You can find peace in that today because why? Because you can take everything to God in prayer. And when you take it to God in prayer, then you can stand firm in hearing me say that no sickness, no trial, no tribulation is a rival to our God. He is able and He is great. When you not only hear what I'm saying today, but you walk in it, you will have peace because you are protected by the peace speaker. The word says that he is the prince of peace. He is the prince of peace. Talk to the prince of peace. That's who Jesus says he is. Walk hand in hand with this peace speaker through every storm. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. It's available today, church. It's available today that you can take it to God in prayer and you can experience peace. Ephesians 3.20, He has more for you than you can imagine. God is able to do whatever today is in your mind that you're facing or you're going through. Say it right now. My God is able, let's say it, my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, even greater than I thought or imagined. So whatever you even prayed for today, God can give you more. God can do more. I want you to stand with me this morning and I'm going to share with you If you'd honor me this morning, other than the worship team coming, I'd like for everybody to just stay in place this morning. Let's be reverent during a time of altar this morning. In the Old Testament, many times when someone had to build an altar, they had to offer a sacrifice. You see, many times when it was time to approach the altar in the Old Testament, there had to be what was called an incense. And the Bible says that the incense was a sweet aroma to God. In Revelation 5, 8, this is what I want to read to you. It says, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints which are the prayers of you, which are the prayers of the saints. 
the God, the prayers of God's people mean so much to him that he keeps them. The prayers of God's people mean so much. They have so much power that he keeps them. And they will be taken before the throne room of God. He sees you today. He cares about you today. He wants to make an exchange with you today. Psalms 141.2, let my prayer be counted as incense before you. Will anybody join me in that prayer today? Let my prayer be counted as incense, a sweet aroma before you, and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Psalms 34, 4 through 8, I'm going to read over you as we close out today, and I'm going to read this over you prophetically. Do you know that we can quote Scripture prophetically? Do you know whatever's going on in your life today, you can speak to it prophetically through prayer, through Scripture? You can do that today over your children, over your home, over your business, over whatever it is. You can declare that today. And I'm going to declare this over this church today. And then I'm just going to open up these altars. And if you want to come make an exchange today, if you want to repair a place, an altar in your life today, there may be some stones in your way. They might seem heavy, but move them out of the way today. Make the sacrifice and come and God will pour in the water. God will pour in the favor. God will pour in the blessing. Psalms 34, 4 through 8. I sought the Lord and he heard me. I sought the Lord and he heard me. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Church, can you imagine right now if we served a God that you're like, I don't know, I sought the Lord, I don't know. No, you sought our God and he heard you and he delivered you from all of your fears they looked to him and they were radiant their faces were not ashamed even the poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles the angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them oh taste and see that the Lord is good today church oh taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man who trusts in him Blessed is the man who trusts in him. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.